Hi, I'm Tony Ayupi, and I make comics and zines. And you are listening to 11 O'Clock Comics. How about that? That's crazy. He's, he's on point lately. I don't know what it is. It must be good eating. Bartesian. That's, yeah, it's the Bartesian. I'm trained up. I am tanked up. I'm enjoying the hell out of this. Nice. Yeah. And we hope you're enjoying the hell out of this too, or will, because this is 11 O'Clock Comics, episode 889. Damn. And I'm Vince B. You are Vince B. I am David B. Price. Indeed you are, and I am Cobra Commander. Oh, (laughs) I knew it. I knew it was coming. Excellent. You can be Cobra Commander, otherwise known as Jason Wood, everybody. Here we go. How do you like this twice a week stuff, people? Um, Give us some comments. Is is this more to your liking? We need to know. Um, We're not going to change it, but uh, it it, it will be... (laughs) It, it would be uh, gratifying to know that this is working. <laughs> so, tell us what you think. This doesn't matter. It's like no, I mean, what you think. Input's a good thing, but only so far, right? And I'll give you some input. If you want mm-hmm. to get your graphic novels, your OGNs, your trade paperbacks, and your omnibus edition, along with some manga, at rock bottom prices, where do you go? Well, only one place. Cheapgraphicnovels.com. There's truth in that name because you are going to find prices way below those of Amazon and other places. Here's what you're going to do. You're going to look around. You're going to say, oh, my goodness, I can stretch my comic buying dollar even farther than usual or further. And you're going to place an order. Just one or two things like, come on, a little bit of restraint. You're going to get an email confirmation saying, hey, thanks for ordering from CheapGraphicNovels.com. You're going to reply to that email saying, you know what? Never would have known about this wonderful place if it wasn't for 11 o'clock comics. And Max is going to wave the magic wand of savings, do gently tap you on the forehead, and you are going to get free shipping on your next order. So it's another layer of savings on top of the boatload of savings you already amassed on your order. It's amazing. Just go to CheapGraphicNovels.com. Don't take my word for it. Just go there and see how much you're going to save. All the monies. Yeah. What's bad about buying more comics? That's a Or being able to pay your rent and buy comics. Yeah, this is true. Yeah. I got a sugar mama, so I don't have to worry about stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, it, it's helpful. <laughs> I guess uh, it was the old saying, if, if if you look around and you don't see a sugar mama, you're the sugar mama. Yeah, it's true. I'm a captain man and I love it. There you go. I'm okay with it. You are. Yep. Who wouldn't be? Well, I mean, no, I, listen, I, 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 let me rephrase that. I know lots of people wouldn't be. I would be fine with it, though. I would believe me. It's a good life. It's I would a, stay mad busy. Yeah, it's a, it's a wonderful life. I'm very comfortable in, in my uh, self-acceptance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I'm also comfortable with this here brew that I'm drinking. Yeah, this is from Rusty Rail Brewing. (laughs) I I didn't make the name. 
Um, it's Rusty Rail New England Style India Pale Ale, 6.8% ABV. It's called Fog Monster. Mm. Yeah, it's it's very good. I don't know where Rusty Rail Brewing is from. Again, in it's Mifflinburg, Pennsylvania. Like, what is happening? Damn. All this, all this taking over over here. This good stuff coming out of Pennsylvania. For real, for real. Yeah. Well, um, I have something of similar quality, I think. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There is yeah. some water in this, so yeah, similar quality. There, it's true. Uh, this is a Gatorade uh, Zero, G-Zero. Uh, this is the Fruit Punch flavor, though. So, which is kind of special. Going all out. Good to see oh, it wait. branching out. Nothing yeah. but the best. Trying right. new things. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I enjoyed... I enjoyed the gin and tonic from last episode. I decided to this time switch it up and try. Well, not try it. I already tried it. The uh, the drum shambo orange citrus infused with tea gin with some tonic. And when it's just when it's that gin, you don't need. Anything else you, you don't need? Because normally with gin and tonic, if you either got like some lime juice, they 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 do something in there to throw the lime in. So this way, gives it something else. So it gives it something a little more. Not necessary with this gin. It's um, it's it's really good. So yeah, I am I'm I decided to go back to that well. There you go. That's actually yeah, it's, it's pretty enticing. I must is, say. Is that is this a skit or is this the truth? Like, are you this you really made? Two drinks. Is that are you are are you are, are you? No, I'm just I'm trying to I'm trying to get a beat on it because I want to know what's real. <laughs> it's just... It is real. It's, okay, it's still real. here's the ice. You can hear the ice. Is it a board cube? It was. Oh, board nice. Okay, I get it yeah. now. Yeah, it's cool. Good job. Excellent. That's going the extra mile. Mm-hmm. I like it. Anything for you? Nah, it's not true. Not mm-hmm. anything. <laughs> Oh, you, yes, anything. Nice. Uh, Well, let's get to doing what we do best, and that's talking about comics. Let's get it, get it. Yeah. Um, The the floor is open, whoever wants to do it. Well, since um, since Vince brought it up last time, um, on Friday, I, uh, and, and again, listen, you're not, you're not wrong. I mean, hell, the 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 cover of the 2023 Action Comics Annual has Superman front and center, and to his left is Supergirl, Superboy, and to his right is his son, Keenan, who is the Superman of China, and the two kids he pretty much adopted from War World. So, yeah, there's a whole lot of super folk on, on this cover. That's not what I'm here to talk about, though, because this was pretty much, this was wrapping up uh, Philip Kennedy Johnson's storyline with, with Blue Earth and, 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 and that arc. But Action Comics 1061, I was really happy to... Uh, to read because it is written by Jason Aaron, 
illustrated uh, by John Timms, and it 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 just it looks amazing. Um, colors, actually, I don't even. Uh, am I missing a credits page? Um, I may be missing a credits page. The uh, but the the gist of this story we we start off with um the planet xerox uh z e r o x and it is uh, it's known as the sorcerer's world basically um it's it's where all things magic uh first first took root um and uh what's what's interesting is that it's beautiful lush world and here comes bizarro to just make the fun stop and he uh he's he's arrived (laughs) as the story begins bizarro arrived 15 minutes ago and he's already forgotten why and he um he's he's here because we find out that uh he's kind of well, like Superman, he's the last of his kind. For the, there was a recent upheaval, or some crisis, or something happened. Some event happened that uh, that caused um, Bizarro World or uh, Hitra to uh, to kind of just go away, along with everybody else. Um, and Bizarro's a little put out by that, uh, so he goes to the Sorcerer's World. Again, not really sure why he ends up here. Uh, but it turns out that, uh, while he's here, um, he starts laughing and these sorcerers, um, sorcerer, a ponderous sorcerer thorn back and, um, and sorcerous graves are there. They, they, they show up to, uh, put a stop to his, um, well, to his just running roughshod all over this planet. And, um, uh, and they do. They 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 zap them with the magics, and and they uh, it, it's working. They're um, they're they're using hex spells and just. I mean, they're they're, they're throwing everything at this dude, and and he's like, uh, he's 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 walking into all the uh, all magic, all the blasts that they're throwing at him, um, and uh, and and his bright flash. And and uh, one of the sorceresses, I, I did did it work? I, I why don't I hear him screaming? And when the light finally dims and they can uh, they 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 can see again, um, we just see a massive lightning storm. And Bizarro appears and says, uh, "It no tickles," and he's just got a really menacing look on his face. So then, six weeks later, we're now. In Metropolis, and Superman sees Bizarro hanging out within the clouds, and he's kind of just—he's got like this massive, like almost like a Santa sack hanging over his shoulder, um, almost like he's ignoring Superman, and he—he uh, he, Superman talks to him at first, like like you would anybody, but then he. You know, he, he he clicks in and decides to start doing the bizarro speak to maybe something'll something'll catch. Um but uh Bizarro's like, you know what, man, you 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 know so much. And he basically kind of just 
it's not even a closed fist. It's almost like it's a slap. But he thwacks Superman all the way to Venus. He says, Bizarro just swatted me 25 million miles. He's never experienced that. Never, never shown that level of power before. And then, sure enough, Bizarro comes swooping down. And, and he just starts beating on Superman as they go through the cosmos. The corona of the sun, the moons of Jupiter, Saturn's rings. They end up in, on Pluto, three billion miles from Earth. And Bizarro is just wailing on him and, uh, and, and ends up like just encasing him in ice and then flies away. So by the time Superman breaks free, Bizarro's gone. And Bizarro's now back on Earth high over the skies in Metropolis with his little bag of tricks there, literally. And all of a sudden, all these little, these little trinkets, these little, uh, these, 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 tchotchkes, all, all of these sorcerers, tricks and trinkets, they, um, they, they that he's gathered, uh, he's, he's, he's got them in a circle and he, um, he's going to mess around with some magic. Superman comes down and, and, and tries to, Superman makes it back to earth tries to break up the festivities uh, while this is going on. Um, of course, there's a, there's a news chopper flying overhead, trying to, trying to check out the action. Um, the whole city is watching this fight. Um, Lois and Jimmy are on the roof of, of the planet and they're, they're trying to see what's going on. Um, Superman's bleeding. He's getting the crap beat out of him. And, um, and Bizarro is actually able to cast the spell. We see what happened back on, on Xerox and he, um, he just doesn't want to be alone anymore. There's, there's nobody like him. There's none of his kind. So he's, he's, he's lonely and he wants to kind of make it right again. Uh, and, um, and he, he ends up opening this portal and, it's not really going the way he had planned. Superman's trying to trying to pull him back, trying to basically make it all right. Um, but he basically kind of just uh, came apart in, in Superman's hands as he's trying to pull him back out of the portal. And he's gone. He's just, he disappears. And, um, and afterwards, as, as they're looking over the city and, and, and checking everything out, Lois and Superman are on the top of the globe of, of the daily planet. And, um, and, and the people of the city who were watching the fight earlier in the issue, we cut back to them as they continue their conversations from earlier. And everybody's kind of like holding their head and rubbing their eyes and, and, and they're like squinting and their faces are all scrunched up. Um, and, uh, and when Superman was trying to save bizarro um he uh he heard crying and and he's like i just can't get that crying out of my head it, it's just it's 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 like inside of me i can't i can't shake it and it, it it's just something about this and, and while he's still trying to think about it um lois is trying to get his attention she just keeps saying clark and he's still talking about the fight with bizarro and what the hell's going on and what's going on in his head and 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 this this crying and then he realizes it clicks it's like no it, it's it's bizarro it's it's not he he wasn't crying it wasn't weeping he was, he was laughing and 
and Lois at this point, she's like, Clark, I, I don't, I don't feel. And, and that's, that's the last thing she says, because all of a sudden she says, hello, Superman, time for you to live, love, to, to live laughing like the joke you are. And her face is very much like a bizarro and, and everybody in the city down below their, their skin has changed to the hue of, of a bizarro with the sharp features. And, and the last page, I'm not, I'm not going to go any further than that, but the last page really, uh, it, 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 it bothers me a little bit. And, and that's, and that's a compliment to Aaron and, and Tim's, um, it's uh i i am i don't know what to expect with this arc i know it's not gonna be a long arc um but uh i i am not upset about jason aaron writing superman uh vince will be happy to know that uh it's just a superman comic this issue is just superman there's no other family involved um and i'm not saying that to get you to read it. i'm just saying you know it, it is it's it's back to basics for at least for 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 whether it's going to be this arc or not but we've got a superman comic uh, and um, and no backups either. It's just a straight up single story action comics issue. But it was um, it was it didn't it doesn't you know negate what came before it. It doesn't uh, it's it's not like it's a reboot or a relaunch. It's 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 the current version of Superman in the current DC universe. But uh, it's um, it was a hell of a first issue from Aaron for for writing for writing Superman. Um, I I had a blast with it. I I want the next issue now, and and uh, well, sort of because I kind of want this 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 arc to continue. I don't want it to I don't want to hurry up and finish, but I do definitely want to read the next chapter and see where we're going with this. This nice. this this was this was a lot of fun. Well, I have it open in front of me. Uh huh. And I know you're not big on Tim's either. No, I'm, no, 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 no. It is ridiculously beautiful. It is right. Yeah. Yeah. Do we have a Superman Orama then? <gasps> Wait, what is happening? I know what dogs and cats. That's crazy. What? Yes. Do yes. tell. Do tell, Vince. Well, when you when you don't read many superhero comics, despite reading a lot of them for a long time. It's nice to be able to get two for the price of one, Vince, when it's done well. Mm-hmm. And that is what brings me back to Batman Superman World's Finest. Now, again, 11 o'clock coming up here shortly. Uh, it is pretty clear to me from some of the early returns I've seen from the audience voting that uh, uh, I haven't done any of the official tallies yet. But I'd be surprised, uh, full disclosure, if this book doesn't win the... Favorite superhero book among our listeners, based on the at least the feedback I've seen as glancing through some of the submissions. Um, and I thought, well, let me uh, let me get caught up in this book because I read it was it was coming out, enjoyed it. Dab's talked about it a few times on the show, um, but I ended up I didn't realize how far back I was. I was ten issues behind, <laughs> so I read ten issues, and I got to tell you, um, it's exactly what I want these days. In that I am in the like I want a taste of superhero books I don't need a lot of them right now and this is just perfect for that kind of mode um, it reminds me of 
there was a time when I would have thought Mark Wade was such a household name in comics that you, it would be ridiculous to say he's underrated. I think it'd be interesting to revisit that case though now because I think that that he's so prolific that sometimes we forget how damn good he is at writing cape books in particular. Uh, and these characters are, you know, Superman uh, probably more than Batman, but he loves these characters. And it just comes through. Um, I, I, again, I, I'm sure Dab has made these points in the past when he's talked about this book in earlier parts of the run, but it's a funny book. Like, it's legit funny. Mm-hmm. And and I never really thought of Wade as, like, a funny writer, you know what I mean? Like, he struck me as someone who's just excellent because he's by the numbers, big bombastic, logical superhero action, right? But he's, I mean, I think, and I'm trying to think, he's done so much work. If you Can you think of a book that was like an outright humor book that Wade's done before? Like, I mean, he's done a, a pretty much everything, right? But I don't, point being, I, I, there, there aren't, I don't consider him a quote-unquote funny writer, but it's this book is chock full. I mean, I don't know if you're caught up that, but there, and I don't know the issue number offhand, but one of these issues was a, uh, a transition issue in between arcs, and it was recounting of a date that that Robin and Supergirl and Supergirl, yes, yep, yeah, yep, yep. and it's like the most awkward blind date ever, and it's so clever because they're they're showing you the moments of the date, and then they're showing Robin telling Batman about it, and and Supergirl telling Clark about it. And them reacting to the recap of the date and giving him advice. And it's just hilarious. I mean, the shit that Batman and Superman say to them, yeah. basically calling them like Gen Zers and like, you got to suck it. Like, it's just funny. It's just the whole thing's funny. And I thought, wow, that's so unusual for Mark Wade. But but that's a transition issue which stood out to me. But but then the, the two main arcs that I read, um, the first one was um, uh, about uh, basically – a a all the scientists that are involved in the the robot making uh, in the DCU and there's a lot of them if you think about it um they they kind of they get all brought together to create a new a new character and Vince you got to love this are you ready for the character's name Vince I'm so ready for it New Mazo <laughs> New Mazo And who's New Mazo you might ask well it is it is this it's basically Amazo 2.0 what makes um, what makes New Mazo better than Amazo? Well, because he has a freaking responsometer, and UDC heads know that a responsometer is what gives the metal men their human quality. And so, um, yes, Ivo's Amazo update gets a responsometer, but that backfires because they basically made him human in terms of his ability to logic and reason. And so, New Mazo, like any good super-powered robot with sentient thoughts, like. F y'all, I'm not going to do your bidding. I'm going to take over the world. And uh, it's just, it was a super fun arc. I mean, there's a part where um, Batman comes in dressed like in a in a Super Sentai mech costume that is formed from the five different metal men fusing onto his body. That's fun. That's that is silly fun. and fun. That is fun. Right? Yeah. It's yeah. ridiculous and fun. And like... The pitter patter between Bruce and 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 Kal-El is fantastic. Um, I just think this book it just was it was great and and that I, I should mention because the name of the arc it, Metamorpho is the centerpiece of this. Basically, it's a it's it's a and what's fun of it it's like a tr- it's actually a detective comic. Lo yeah. and behold, like when Batman used to solve, right? Like he's they're trying to figure out who's killing 
well, who killed, uh, was it Stag, the... Uh, the, the Clement Stag, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Stag's dead, or at least allegedly, and they're trying to figure out who killed him, and Bruce is the Bruce Wayne is the is the uh, lead suspect, um, and like Jimmy Olsen has to like break an expose where he basically says Bruce Wayne did it, and uh, and and Clark's like, bro, he didn't do it. <laughs> He's like, well, how do you know? I can't tell you how I know, but he didn't do it. And so they run the story, and uh, just lots of little fun, like little everything's so well executed, and then it's also bombastic action, um, and then the the most recent arc is uh, essentially the telling of Batman and Superman's first ever meeting. And they meet up to solve a Riddler uh, caper. And the reason they meet is because the riddle that's seen is written in ancient Kryptonian. And so Superman sees that and is like, wait a minute, I didn't write that. Who the hell could write that? And it's just, again, like there's little funny moments. Like someone at one point, they're like, well, are there other Kryptonians on the planet? And uh, or, or Clark's like, well, I didn't write it, and I know my dog didn't write it. And 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 Commissioner Gordon's like, wait, you have a pet dog that has the same powers as you? <laughs> like Clark's like, don't worry, he's well behaved. It's like stupid shit like that in the middle of it. Makes I just think it's really well put together. Like there's funny moments, but it's got a lot of heart. The characters feel true to their um their iconic version, like the version that most people think of when they think of these characters. Um, I just think it's awesome. It's, it's, I mean, it's getting, it's, it's beloved by, by, by many of our listeners already. It's not like I'm breaking news here, but, but, uh, and I enjoyed what I read the first arc, but I don't know, can't tell you, I probably just, my overall kind of malaise with, with the superhero comics this year, push this to the wayside and, uh, and, and I'm, I shouldn't have, cause it's a blast and I can't wait. I hope it keeps going for a long time. It's just a great comic. Plus Dan Mora. Thank you. Absolutely. <laughs> Yes, thank you. Dan Mora does most of the issues, and he's he's phenomenal. But I will say, and you know, I don't want to finish on a negative, but I will say that um, for my money, the 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 Travis Moore issues don't hit like the Dan Mora issues. Um, yeah, for sure. So again, and it's not saying that Travis is bad or anything. Obviously, he's not. But but I I just think that there is a distinct change in my excitement for the book when Moore's doing uh, issues. Um, but you know, Mora is inhuman, uh, and seemingly can do like 20 beautifully done interior issues a year. And, uh, I'm very thankful for that. Yeah. I don't want to sound like the creepy old dude, but Mora's Supergirl is delicious. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And his demon's really good too. too. She's a pain in the ass in this book. Yeah, she is. Yeah. She's she's a terrible teenager. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. No, it's fun. She's like, fun. Just like, look at her. She can do whatever she wants. <laughs> oh, she can't. She can't get. I mean, Robin's all frustrated with it. But it. it and even the the. I thought Robin the, was gay. Different Robin. Tim, that's that's Tim Drake. That's Tim Drake. This is uh, Dick oh, Grayson. gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Um, as it, cause I didn't, I didn't read the issues in chunks. I was reading them as they were coming out, but but it was um, the. The, the mystery, the whodunit, it, it was, I halfway through, it was almost like the metamorpho was an afterthought. Like, unless it was, until you read the title of the story, it's like, wait, this is still a metamorpho story because we were all about the robots and the androids and everything. It's just, I, I, I love that you can, you, you can maybe get a little lost because there's so much going on and you're enjoying everything you're reading that, that, that you may, you may have forgotten a little bit 
of 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 why you were here and and then it all of course comes together but it is it's it's just so well done and it's such a beautiful book but yeah it is it's and the current arc because it's ongoing it's so we're haven't concluded yeah. it but but is a is basically a re, well not a revisiting but a a a we we turn to the world of kingdom kung and we um which goes back to an earlier arc from the from the beginning of the series right exactly because one of the characters then comes back and is turned and we basically we see the origin of magog not that we were clamoring to see the origin of magog but, <laughs> but, it, but it was well executed i thought oh that's clever you know that's it's one of those like jeff johnsian I'm going to fill in these gaps in the DC mainstream continuity. I mean, so I'm not changing continuity. I'm just filling in holes that we never really addressed. And I think that's very clever. Um, I don't know. This book just made me remember how great a superhero writer Mark Waid is. And, yes. uh, yeah, and, I mean, I, you know, he's very divisive. His personality is very strong. And I think that probably doesn't, that probably hurts him in terms of people wanting to, praise him these days but but i again i just as a writer i think he's just top notch i don't think there's anything wrong with a strong personality but um i obviously i haven't read any of this but to my eyes the visuals look like superhero books done right exactly exactly yeah, yeah. it's just a well-known superhero book like it's, it's, it's my favorite it, it is it's yeah. and what and i i i what makes me love the book even more is that it is not tied to or bogged down by current DC continuity. Yeah, I think it's a saving its grace. own yeah. thing, and I, I absolutely love everybody for it. Nice, nice. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll check it. I'll read it. Because, oh, I mean, you can't have a demon that looks this good. And and to me, and, and not mm-hmm. at least sample it. Oh, speaking of the Etrigan and Bloodwind, we're both in that action comics Bloodwind. annual. Yes, we're in that action comics annual. I was like, "Holy crap!" Dope. <laughs> oh, okay. I'll read it. The only good thing about the about the uh, demon is his name Jason. <laughs> he can't say the only his good alter thing. ego is named Jason. Dude, yes. he rhymes. What's wrong with that? That's perfect. Yeah, that's a, that's a most uh, especially awesome. somebody who loves rap, and you're going to shit on on a demon who raps. Really, it's okay. urban, Jason. I just drop bars though. My guy drops whack lyrics. Okay. All right. I'm going to take things in a very different direction. Out of a different direction? Very different. <laughs> um, now, full disclosure, there are two things that dropped this book into my hands. One is a huge amount of book that I've been deciding whether or not to keep. And I hadn't read this. And it was on the stack. And uh, I picked it up at, at Heroes. Two years, three years ago? No, it wasn't at Heroes. It was actually at the Book Off during a New York Comic Con. Got it for extremely cheap. And uh, it's been on the stack, haven't read it. Um, That's one part. The second part is I've been slowly making my way through the uh, Severn box set, All the Haunts Be Ours, which is a folk horror box set of... uh, documentaries and, and films, uh, again, focusing on folklore, of which this book definitely fits that classification. It's written by Neil Gaiman. So uh, starting at the top, right? The layouts were by P. Craig Russell. Again, <laughs> it's a heavy hitters book, to be sure. It's illustrated by Tor- Troy Nixie, 
And the color art is by Matt Hollingsworth. And it's called Only the End of the World Again. It is the absolute perfect title for this story. I'll tell you why. But it is a um, it's a very odd take on the Lovecraft uh, Cthulhu um, mythos. You have a, a, a character, <laughs> and I had to laugh because I, I, I have not having read the story the first time I encountered this this character's name, I thought to myself, Gaiman has to be has to have the biggest cojones ever to name this character what he did, or it somehow ties into the the goal, the concept of this story. And it's definitely the latter. I mean, Gaiman's a phenomenal writer and can basically do whatever he wants. But the, the fact that he named a werewolf Lawrence Talbot <laughs> is 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 borderline hysterical but it again it plays into the concept of this story cuz you know who Lawrence Talbot was was right please don't say no L- Larry Talbot Larry Talbot is Lon Chaney Jr the Wolfman's his name was Lawrence Talbot my god <laughs> you took the words out of our mouths yeah okay but, all right so you have uh, Lawrence Talbot a werewolf who has just undergone a transformation, right? Which depletes him physically, emotionally, mentally. I mean, he's just laid out. And he's in the town of Innsmouth, Massachusetts. Shadow over Innsmouth, famous Lovecraft story. Um... He he's reeling from this this monthly transformation. He's he's not happy with what he discovers in the contents of his stomach. He gets sick and he vomits, and within the stuff that just emitted from his body are tiny fingers. Mm. Yes, but he can't remember because you know once he uh, assumes the role uh, or the the guise of the wolf. The, the the human brain is put on the back burner and it's it's you know the the beast takes over and and so he's he's um just existing in this this town of Innsmouth and if you know your lovecraft Innsmouth i mean the people are very strange in Innsmouth their their eyes are a little bit too far apart and and um they their 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 mannerisms are very very odd and, uh, you know, if you've read the original story, Shadow Over Innsmouth, they're all uh, cultists, right? Um, the esoteric order of Dagon, which doesn't play into this story. But the, the point of it is, the point of the whole story is the, the denizens of Innsmouth are trying to revive the old ones to destroy the world. And the planets, on a very specific date, are in perfect alignment and the planets include the moon, right? So there is yet another full moon within this month that Mr. Talbot did not see coming. And it's it's a ridiculously optimistic story set within the Lovecraftian envelope in which the werewolf actually saves the world. 
It's very, very strange. And, and uh, I hope I'm not giving it short shrift, but within the, 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 the uh, mythology of Lovecraft, there's not a whole lot of, of light. Right, it's 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 all very um, downbeat and depressing. You have these forces, these cosmic forces that are beating against that very fragile membrane, trying to to make their way into our world and just destroy everything. And you have a werewolf that's injected into this formula where he's just being himself, right? Just being a dude, just being a werewolf, just trying to trying to survive, and he ends up thwarting this this well-laid plans of these people to, 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 to wake the, the, the old ones and destroy the planet just because of what he is. And that's where the title is, is brilliant because it's called Only the End of the World Again. It trivializes this, this doomsday scenario where it was bound to fail from the get-go, from the very simple fact that there's a werewolf inserted into this, the population of this this town, and he doesn't really try to save the day. He just does because the planets are. It, it, it's an atypical grouping of the planets where the moon is full the second time in this month. So he wolfs out, ends up killing one of the principal players trying to revive the old ones, and because the formula has been disrupted, they can't come back. And he saves the day. But he didn't, he's not a hero. He just was doing what a werewolf, what someone stricken with the curse of lycanthropy does. They can't, there's no recourse but to turn into a wolf. Like the moon is full, I'll turn into a wolf. And and he ends up killing this, this woman not because he wanted to save the day, but because that's just his role. That's what he does. He's a, he's a werewolf. And I think this is a brilliant story, but it's, it's resoundingly optimistic. Like the, the smallest thing, this unplanned for event saves the, the world. <laughs> I, I mean, I thought it was, it was a, it's an amazing story where you have everything stacked up against like this, this convoluted plan by these these acolytes to bring about destruction and everything goes south just because this man Larry Talbot found his way to Innsmouth like it's 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 amazing and it just speaks to how nuanced Gaiman is as a writer where he looked at the Lovecraft mythology and he thought Jesus everything is just like so apocalyptic like they're, they're, everything is stacked against humanity there's no way out of this scenario but there is and and to say it's only the end of the world again meaning that it's it's another iteration in a long line of doomsday scenarios that is thwarted by this tiny little almost inconsequential presence of a werewolf in the equation it's nuts have you guys read this no I have because if you remember, I had Troy Nixie do an amazing Moby Dick, like humongous. You know, it's probably the biggest commission I have um, around that time, and uh, and I was buying all the Neil Gaiman, the Dark Horse Neil Gaiman collection hardcovers, which this is one of them. So yes, I have read it. It's a great story. I mean, if you're a Gaiman fan, you haven't read this. Like this is, I think this is one of his best 
short stories. You need to read this. Um, and, and it fits very nicely within the, the folk horror genre in that it, I mean, it ticks off a lot of the boxes. You have, um, an environment like folk horror is very dependent on the land, like mostly rural, but, but the, the land is a player in folk horror. You have an insular community, strange bunch of people, um, that keep to themselves and they're heavily dependent on these old world traditions. Um, and, and yet something comes from outside of this, this worldview and just totally trashes everything they've worked for. Like it, it, it is a really great story, but there, there's a, a, a I don't want to say a subplot, but there's a trend within this story where characters will speak to Talbot about the best way to dispose of a werewolf. Like, oh, one character's like, well, it's got to be a silver silver bullet that's the only, you know, it's the, the most effective way to get rid of a werewolf. And others would say, well, it's got to be dismemberment. You got to cut them apart and burn them. And you don't know whether these characters are actually, whether this dialogue is actually happening in reality or if it's Talbot, like, fantasizing ways in which he could meet his demise. Like, he's so fatigued with the whole cycle of of the wolf to, you know, play on a, a Stephen King book uh, title where he just wants out. And, and you, it's not it's not apparent whether these characters are actually saying these things or if he's actually or if he's dreaming them or fantasizing that, you know, they're fueling him with the way out of his dilemma like it's just brilliant i i, I don't know uh, any other word to to apply to this story other than brilliant everything about it is just amazing and nixie if you want if, if, if there's a very very short list of artists that really get to the core of what it is that makes lovecraft tick that that surreal is it there is it is it not? Is it? Is it um, uh, uh, an alternate reality or something that's just trying to to break it? Like you don't know, and 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 Nixie just manages to just get this that vibe absolutely perfect. It's 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 distorted and very exaggerated, but man, it's it's, it's gorgeous. It, everything about this this thing is just lit my world on fire. And I, I, I want to punch myself in the face for never having read this before now. Uh, needless to say, I will not be getting rid of this book. But it's a very short story. The majority of the book is taken up with, is comprised of P. Craig Russell's layouts juxtaposed by Nixie's solutions to Russell's indications and in more in most of the 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 situations nixie improved on russell's layouts dramatically like you see the rough pencils that uh russell provided him with and nixie's like "Mm, i could do that better and he does so if you're going to improve on p craig russell's layouts you're a big gun in my book because that's one of the 
the the the trademarks of P. Craig Russell exquisite panel composition, exquisite layouts. And Nixie comes in, he's just like, yeah, good try, but I'm going to do it this way. And he betters Russell's layouts in almost every instance. It's just, I'm so glad. Normally, when you see, you know, the roughs juxtaposed with the finished pencils, they, they more or less stay true to the way the person indicated them, but not not in this instance. The, the, the Nixie's final pages are dramatically different than what Russell uh, envisioned, and he 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 made everything much better. I don't want to downplay Russell's involvement. They're 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 good layouts, but Nixie just improved upon them like ridiculously well. You got to read this. Dap, do you have this? I like I said last. I think it was last week when we were talking about the other uh, Gavin Library books from Dark Horse. I'm I'm missing Snow Glass Apples by that was illustrated by Colleen Doran and I, I I'm missing at least one others and now I'm missing this one. So that's at least two that I know that I still have to get. I have most of his collection. I have had Dr. Girls of Parties, I have Chivalry, I have uh, the problems with Susan. So I have I have a lot of his short stories that Dark Horse made into a hardcover illustrated by talented folks. I don't have this one, so I have to add it to the cheap graphic novels wish list. I don't think it's out of print, um, but it maybe I, I don't know. I don't know how it goes with with the Dark Horse stuff, but um, it was originally published by Oni. I know that. I think it, it it was in the pages of Oni Double Feature. We're going, yeah, back, okay. yeah we're going yeah. back a ways. Yeah, and one of the covers, I think it was in two issues. One of the covers shows Talbot in wolf form in a pub lifting a pint of beer. And he's in wolf form, but he has like everyday clothing on. And he's just kicking back in a pub, just relaxing, having a pint. And I think that single image speaks to exactly what Gaiman was trying to get up with, with this story, where it's like the the protagonist saves the world, but not from any effort on his part uh he was just being himself and the fact that he's finds himself in this situation and the curse on which you know he on which he's inflicted the the curse of lycanthropy he he manages to save the world and it's just it's it's like a downbeat severely optimistic take on an end of the world scenario like he he couldn't do anything other than save the world, but not from any effort on his part. Like it's a just a beautiful, brilliant piece of work. Read the goddamn thing; it's great. I, yeah, I got nothing else. I, I can't. It is, it's it's uh, thirteen ninety nine at cheap graphic novel. You got to get it. Yeah, it's one of those things where I think it's a standout in a, in a in a very very respectable. Um, catalog of work from game and like this is i would put this on a level with anything he's done different yes but it it is it is a a, a consummate work i love every page of it yeah there that's right yeah so uh you don't have would you would you put game in uh you would right put him too find more um, 
Yes. Yes, I, I would. I would, too. There was a time when I would have said Morrison, but I think I wasn't as well-versed in a lot of Gaiman's best stuff then. But I've read so much Gaiman in the last five years that I, yeah, I think he's pretty, for me, pretty clearly only behind the goat. If he had done nothing other than Sandman, he would rank sure. very highly with me. Sure. But the fact that, you know, he's done a lot more. Uh, yeah. Um, he's he's a wonderful writer. Mm-hmm. If there wasn't so much bad blood between the two of them, I wish that McFarlane would pay Gaiman to write some Spawn books. Mm. <laughs> I mean, it happened once, but I, I don't think it would ever happen again. <laughs> Speaking of him, you, you see he raised his price of his figures to 40 bucks. I don't worry about the figures. Yeah. He's no, keep- no, I'm just saying. Like, yeah. it's, it's interesting. He's keeping his books at two ninety nine. so respect. He is. Yeah. Well, that's because he's charging the book right, exactly. like just 40 <laughs> bucks for a figure. <laughs> I was gobsmacked just how wonderful this book was. Nice. I mean, I, I, I wish I had the language um, at my disposal on a, you know, on a, on a whim to, to tell you exactly what this book means to me because I'm a diehard Lovecraft fan and this is so atypical to, to the Lovecraft mythology. Like, it's, it's, it's so optimistic. Wow. Good going, Neil. Big hugs. Big hugs. Yeah. Gaiman likes to play with the with the Lovecraft stuff because he did that um, study in Emerald, which is the right the take on Sherlock Holmes, only twisted into a Lovecraftian horror uh, story. So yeah, yep, he a fan cemented him. It did. Yeah. What else do we have? I mean, have we all read uh, Clover Commander? Oh yeah. yeah, for real, yeah. Now, when is this actually coming out? Because we got a review copy. It's not coming. It's not, it's not out, right? No, it's coming out. I believe. Um, let, me, let me bring out the. No, I think it's coming out the seventeenth, so, which so is next, next week. Next week. Yeah, next one. Okay. So we we can't spoil it. Right, but right. So so right. So we've had the pleasure of reading this. It'll be on your stands next Wednesday. It is the final. Uh, number one of this first run of Skybound GI Joe comics. Um, there will be more, but but this is the they had when they announced that they got the license. They announced um, they announced the, the books that we've now received. This is the last of them because um, you had uh, GI Joe proper and then uh, and then Duke and Cobra Commander, but um, and then the, the Hama book, of course. But that was the fourth. Um, but yeah, so so this is much like the Duke book. This is effectively an origin story, four issues uh, of Cobra Commander. And since it's not out yet, we can't get into the meat and potatoes of the origin. But I have to say I was uh, surprised by the choice of the direction they took with his origin actually <laughs> um yeah and i really can't like get into more right now we'll have to revisit this but uh yeah i was surprised uh, but it makes sense on on a nostalgic level for sure um so yeah and uh and it was it was violent it was it was not you know it, it, longer gone are the days when when joe and cobra would do battle and blow up every each other's vehicles and everyone would, would miraculously escape with parachutes and healthy um, people be getting killed up in these books, so I'm here for it. 
What do you guys think, though? So, again, to preface whatever I'm going to say, again, I don't have a, a, a extensive knowledge of stuff that actually happened in the, the Joe mythology. But from what I know, most of this issue is by the numbers as far as the the not to spoil it but the 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 realm from which cobra commander sure. comes right mm-hmm. most of it is from what i remember it didn't it didn't seem like anything was was tweaked or off a little bit i mean yes there's the big thing that that they you know uh, williamson inserted into the story to to tie it to everything else but the 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 cobra law thing seems to be plucked from what we know more or less right maybe okay (laughs) so can't really i can't really get into it all right yeah but i mean it it didn't uh, there wasn't anything that that passed by my eyes that i thought wait a minute that's not how I remember it. But again, I don't have the, the the textbook recall that you do for the Joe stuff. And I don't have the uh, extensive experience with it. But it seemed right to me. There you go. Yeah, there, there, there have been people on our Slack that would be like, yeah, I read it. Um, well, Tomio, read it. But I hope you loved it, but I'm out. <laughs> it's like, okay. I don't understand why he'd be out because I thought the spin was pretty cool, but uh, your mileage may vary. I guess we can't really get too deep into a book that's not out yet. <laughs> True. Well, we should mention too. We have it's uh, written by Joshua Joshua Williamson, who has had a hell of a year, uh, I must say, and uh, it is drawn by uh, Andrea. Hold on, I want to make sure I get it right. Andrea, Andrea Milana. Yeah. Um, who I'm new. It's that is a new artist to me, but liked liked it. Uh, had a teeny bit of um, like a, a little bit of the the Ross Rossmo, you know, a little little more straight line than that, but but a little energy to the faces, a little right. I don't know. I liked it. What do you guys think of the art? I think it was the best thing about it. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I definitely back that up. Um, yeah, I, I, I like the art a lot uh, because I knew very little about uh, this this iteration of uh, of, of Cobra Commander, true to uh, true to its roots or, or, or not. But um, yeah, the art, the art definitely. Uh, propelled me to keep going. Um, I mean, aside from the oh shit moment, but yeah, it's it's weird. It's not as um, necessarily as, as straightforward, if you want to call it that, with with Duke. Um, and the last page made me smile, um, but of course they kind of spoil that with the cover of the second issue. But it, it's. Um, it was. I'm gonna say it was weird, but not that. That's not necessarily a, a detriment. I'm not. I'm, I'm not complaining about that. It. It just. It. Uh, after. Then and 
the Larry Hammond stuff is is a completely different beast anyway, so I don't want to lump it in with this, but this this was different than what Daniel's doing with Transformers. It was it felt different than than Duke. So it was just it I mean it it's all part of the same universe, but it was just it the story itself and, and us getting down and dirty and real quick getting to know Cobra Commander was uh it was of the three so far, it, it was the weirdest one to me. Yeah, I thought that, I mean, if you pull back and look at the books previously published, right, it's it's not as ground level as Duke. It's not as um, techie and novelty-based as Transformers. I think it's more void rivals than anything we've seen. Like there's mm, yes. it it if if you had to pick the book it was most like in the Energon universe, it's void yes, rivals. Yes, yes. Yeah. Mm, I'd agree with that. Because it's expansive. There there's there's a there's a big deal at the center of this thing. There's a a, a whole um ecosystem that we haven't encountered yet. And I, I think the sci-fi trappings of this book are re- are very strong, but it's more of a hard sci-fi than the action-based Transformers sci-fi, right? So yeah. that that's what leans me to to lump it in. I don't want to say lump it, but to classify it more in line with Void Rivals than the other two books. And mm-hmm. Jay, yeah, well, I mean, what do you think? It just seems it seems that there's a bigger picture at play here than there's definitely a bigger picture than Duke. Mm-hmm. Well, well, I mean, they're all I mean, they're actually all designed to be a connected narrative, though. So, right, but I mean, facets of a diamond, right? You have different sure. different angles, different approaches to each narrative. That they're all different, but you know, if I had to separate the cheese i would stack this with void rivals rather than duke and transformers which duke and transformers seem to play more heavily into the old school joe approach cobra commander was i didn't i didn't expect this it it it, it seems more like a um again more like void rivals to me mm mm-hmm. But I, don't I will say, I will say, if folks want to, uh, the best way to, once you read it next week, people, or later this week, um, depending on when you get it, um, the best way to know what's going on would be if you haven't uh, fire up the streaming and watch the GI Joe the movie. That's because that's where this is all from. Interesting. Guess what? I've never, never I've never seen it. No, I've seen Transformers the movie a bazillion times, but I've never seen GI Joe. It's my heart because I think Daph's in the same boat. Oh, maybe I did, but <laughs> that's cute. Maybe I mean no. I, well, I mean, what was when did GI Joe come out? I mean, come on, seriously. The movie was, was nineteen eighty-seven. Yeah, so I mean, like, so so I'd have been fifteen if that. Yeah. Well, the movie's very trippy, um, and it introduces some concepts that many claimed was the the uh, 
the always the always fun jumping of the shark. Like when people say, "What's GI Joe's jumping of the shark movement mo- moment?" It's the the movie because of the stuff in the movie that we see here. Um, but um, but it's interesting then to like. I think there's some bold. There's a boldness to decide to embrace that part of GI Joe lore. I think. Yeah, definitely. Right. That I think yeah. is pretty neat. Um, like I'm here for it. Just to be clear, I. I well, I think it's cool. It's neat that they're going there. I'm I'm just a bit surprised because, like I said, I think you don't sell a GI Joe book in 2024 without assuming you're going to have a lot of people that were 80s kids who loved it going to give it a try. And I think for them, the stuff covered here is the reason most of them are like, all right, I'm good. Like we've we've gotten too silly. And I guess that's where where Jay's coming from. I think so. Yeah. yeah. I think so. But again, to to the whole um, Kirkman and everybody working on these books, if you're going to do a Joe book by the numbers, like why bother? It, it's That's, been I mean, it's been done Larry. before. You're doing here. I think, I, I'm here for it. I, I just I like I'm both surprised they went there and happy they went there. Yes, yes. Novelty is a very good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, to say that, well, this is unlike anything we've seen before. That's a plus in my book. Well, yeah, and and I don't like. It is also worth mentioning that some of what we see in this issue, another another version of this happened at IDW in the GI Joe versus Transformers run they did. So, mm, right, yeah, but not not Tom's. You're talking about no, no, the, no right? Like, okay, yeah, the proper, uh, not not that Tom's wasn't proper. I, you mean, know, Tom's was a flight yeah, of Tom's fancy. Yeah, awesome, excellent. Yeah, I, again, more power to them. Um, they're doing something at least different that's getting non-Joe people to to pick up these books, of which I am definitely one of them. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a good thing. Mm-hmm. All right, everybody. Hey, thank you for being here. Remember, CheapGraphicNovels.com is going to get you the stuff you want at the price you need to pay to to just corral more comics into your your life. Omnibus editions, OGNs, manga, trade paperbacks, all that stuff at drastically slashed prices. And do us a solid, do yourself a solid, because we've retooled our Patreon. It's very simple. $5 gets you a bonus episode. $10 gets you access to the Slack and all the stuff that comes with it. It is a wonderful, streamlined new patreon so patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics check that stuff out i have been dying to talk about this book mm. with, with jason Ooh, yes is it also in my travels my is, is this also my in your travels well i'm looking at the list right now let's see um wow slack is is uh is choking this is nuts. It almost never chokes. So I'm looking at your list, and no, it's not on your list. Oh, okay. No, but it is on Dap's list. So oh, hilarious. Yeah, yeah we're yeah. cool. Sorry about something else. Okay. And um, so I, I need a little bit of introduction from my man Tony. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> take it away, Tony. Ba-da-da-da! Vince's Marvel. Minute. <laughs> Thank you, my man. I want to talk about Wolverine number 41. 
Yeah, you do. Yes. Jason, it hurts my heart you're not reading this because it is freaking awesome. Dude, I'm reading it. I'm just reading it on a delay when I'm finally over you can't, my feelings. And I'll you, read you, it. you can't delay because Wolverine oh, number yeah. four. going to be bowled over at the water cooler for people wanting to talk about the Sabretooth War. Yes. Wolverine it's 41. Parts, Jason. It's going to run for I the know. next five months until I'm issue 50. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Part, part the first of the Sabretooth War. Written by Benjamin Percy and Victor Laval. Illustrated by Jeff Shaw and Corey Smith. Inks by Jeff Shaw and Oren Jr. Two of my favorites. Color by Alex Sinclair. Oh, I, I love, love the team. Especially yes. First of all... Copious amounts of art from both of those gentlemen. Of course. You, it's the, 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 the backdrop of this issue, it's Logan's birthday. You, it's your birthday. You know hey. what's going to happen. Right, if, birthday is today, uh, Vince. Who? Chance the Rapper Woods' birthday. I like Chance. I like him a lot. Oh, he's a good boy. Yeah, he's a good boy. How old? Seven. He's a senior boy now. Excellent. Mm-hmm. If you have any history at all with the with Wolverine, you know that his birthday usually is a bad occasion because Victor, his arch nemesis, Sabretooth, has done a lot of nasty stuff on uh, Wolverine's birthday. There's a history of carnage surrounding the date. And uh, I know you didn't read this, Jason, but a lot of this arc springs from the Sabretooth and the Exiles miniseries, which was written by uh, Laval, which is why I'm guessing he was pulled in by Percy to uh, help out with this arc. Sabretooth has corralled a bunch of alternate universe Sabretooths. You have the Sabretooth of Earth 33141 called Camo, which can uh, shapeshift. Earth 203, the Sabretooth is the Sentinel of Tyranny. It is a Steve Rogers themed Sabretooth. You have Sabretooth of Earth 1912, which is Essentially, Shauna the She-Devil, but uh, she's a Sabretooth. And then Sabretooth of Earth-12, <laughs> which is my favorite. Uh, a Hank McCoy mashup. He's called Pretty Boy. And so this group has Orcus technology, which allows them to go places that regular mutants can't go without being accosted by the uh, Stark Sentinels. And uh, when this arc opens, I know you didn't like the X-Gala, but in the fallout of that, some of the mutants that survived retreated to the North Pole. Yes. To a place called the Greenhouse. Mm-hmm. And you have Kid Omega, Black Tom Cassidy, Sage, Wolverine, and Akihiro, which is, we all know. Dakin, right? Formerly known as Dakin. Yeah. Yes. But they all keep an eye on Krakoa. Black Tom monitors the place. And he picks up readings that there's some mutants in the area. Which is not a good place for mutants to be because you have the Stark Sentinels, you know, patrolling the place. And Kid Omega decides, I'm going to check this out. And Tom says, whoa, 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 whoa wait a minute. Logan's not going to be happy with you just going out on your own. He's like, ah, dude, I'm Omega level. I can handle this. Uh, he can't handle it. 
he walks straight into the Sabretooth gang and is summarily killed in very violent fashion. He's shredded, pulled apart, finito, Kid Omega, dead. Through the whole issue, Wolverine has a bad feeling. He's like, it's my birthday, Creed, the son of a bitch that has been plaguing me my entire existence, killed Silver Fox on my birthday, does a lot of bad things on my birthday. He's going to come and screw things up. And they're like, no, nah, you just, you know, it's just, you're feeling some kind of way. It's just, <laughs> no. Well, Creed and company does screw things up in a major way because they infiltrate the uh, greenhouse. And the point of this whole issue to get the ball rolling is they dismember Dakin. They rip him apart and they arrange his and other mutants' body parts to say, happy birthday. So Dakin, awesome. Dakin is no more. I, they have... Okay, okay, yeah, I mean, I have no love for, for Fang, but, I mean, who does? But, I mean, it was a nice way to get the ball rolling in a very, very vicious way. Like, this thing is billed as the most violent Wolverine story ever. And from the first issue, they got a good jump on it of achieving that title because they just ripped, Creed and company just ripped Dakin apart, just shredded him, dead. So I don't know where this is going, but you have my attention. As I said, Percy is one of the very few guys over the past year who has provided me consistently with entertainment that just captivated me, propelled me through the doldrums. Wolverine has always been good over the past year. Borderline great in some instances. So I, uh, yeah, I'm locked in for the next 10 issues and I just bring on the carnage. Dap read it. Dap loved it. So you're the odd man out, Jason. First of all, I didn't hear Dap say whether he loved it or didn't love it. Number one. Number two, as you described it, it sounds badass. I'm it is. It. Bro, you listen. If, like, how many Wolverine comics have there been? Uh, one. No. Like, no, I mean, like, <laughs> how many issues? Lots. Hundreds, right? Yes, a good amount. Your boys read them all. I'm going to get to it. It's not like I'm not going to ever read the last five months of X books. I'm going to no. read them in my own time. You need to get to this now because that. That bullshit Marvel sucks attitude that you have will fall by the wayside. You'd be like, this is dope. This is the bomb. Let me check out some of their other Give books. Give me that ghost drive. Yeah. Oh, this symbiote stuff? This is kicking. I got to read this. You need to get, because this, this is going to revitalize, maybe not single-handedly, but it will play a very big part in revitalizing your your love for Marvel. It's all Benjamin Percy. He's great. I, I don't want to enjoy it a lot. Personally. I don't want to discount Lavelle. Uh, haven't read a whole bunch of stuff that he's produced, but um, this was very, very good. It was per- Percy has been in control of my girl for a year plus now. Oh, really? He's been writing X Force. X Force too, and and I think he's writing Immortal. No, Kieran writes Immortal. Oh, Rip is on art with Immortal now. Yeah. That's that's where I'm getting confused because Rip was a was a uh, a standard on Percy's run of Wolverine for a, a ton of issues. So that's where I'm getting confused. 
But yeah. yeah um, this is so good. So good. That's good. I mean, Cap will tell you is, how good it is. It is a 10 part series. So, I mean, we could do an episode in a year from now and I may have read it. <laughs> That's, that hurts my heart. No, really. because listen, I, I am, I just like with Danger Street, just I, like, I, I am a let let's get the series finished if it's going to be limited series and then I'll read it. That's that's my that's my mojo. So it gets me happy. I I my mind these days because of all the other things we get distracted by and then I'm getting I cannot read single issues with in the most case and retain enough of the narrative by the time I get around to the next one that it 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 gives me the same pleasure of sitting down and reading the whole story. Bruh, que- oh, it's it's infuriating. Creed has a group of decapitated alternate reality saber tooths that are like mindless ones. They they follow his bidding. They got these robotic friggin' heads or, or or appliances where their heads were, and they just do his bidding. Like this is awesome. Fun. It is. It's just all fun. It sounds great. It does. You make it sound very fun. I I, I don't with no with no sense of irony here. I I, I imagine when I do read it, I'm going to enjoy it. Dap, will you tell him how good it was? It's a really good issue. Ah, it, it really go. is. I, <laughs> I mean, I, I jumped in. I mean, I, I read the Wolverine Ghost Rider crossover because um, it was good. No, I, no, 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 no. Don't oosh, none of that. It was very good. Weapons of Vengeance. If we got Vince saying he's going to finally fucking get around to reading World's Finest after I've been talking about it for over a year, I, I we, we can we can stop at the ish. Thank you. Oh, I mean, listen, Ghost Rider's a bottom three character for me in Marvel. How does that even register? What? I don't, I don't, don't that's a word salad. I, I, don't, I don't know what you're saying. I can't I just, take, I can't take, Ghost Rider is kryptonite to me, always has been. I, I do, does well, that's assuming you're me. Superman, which you're not. But I get it. <laughs> Ghost Rider does nothing for me well, in I'll, any of his forms. Oh, that's, that's wrong. <laughs> Well, listen, I got to keep it real. It's, this is not new news. <laughs> not the first time we've talked about this. What but. kind of an existence does someone live where a flaming skulled character on a motorcycle with, with just like flaming wheels and chains and leather, how does that not spark any Yo kind of... Raps while y'all are watching Headbangers Ball. I, the biker culture... The, <laughs> None of it ever did anything for me. I just don't oh like it's God. corny. It strikes me as corny. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! He just he, he you know what you need. You you need someone to grab your ears and just hit you with the pen and stare. That's what you I need, need. Jesus is what you're saying. Yeah, I get it. No, you don't need no Jesus. You, you need <laughs> Jesus. You need to be you need to be scarred. That's what you need. Uh, no, but but yeah, Wolverine forty one was. Um, I I had questions, of course, because. You know, I, 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 I didn't know when, when Doc can change his name. I didn't know about... Um, Fang. <laughs> Sounds like a uh, member of the Adams family. <laughs> or those creepy coolies. The, um, uh, Eddie, I forgot about the, the Exiles Mini. But, I mean, it was... Uh, but but the gist is, especially since, you know, thanks to, to Larry and, and, and Mark back in the day, you know, I know that uh, Sabretooth has one goal. When it's Logan's birthday, and and so it was, it a, a lot of that hit hit that that uh, Albert LCD sweet spot for me in in, yeah. in in part. So it, I I really enjoyed the issue. I am gonna I'll 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 stick with this event to see where we're going. Um, 
But yeah, I'm sure any questions that I have will be answered along the way. Well, you got to sympathize with Creed a little bit because he was like thrown in the 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 Krakoid, you know, the gulag as, as mutant non grata just because he he likes to kill. Right. Yeah, and so his own people ostracized him. I'd be a little pissed too, even though okay, I, I'm not a cold-blooded killer, but still. Right. So, I mean, I, I, I could understand a need for maybe getting some kind of revenge for that yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. But the whole Silver Fox and doing this. Oh, yeah. That's, that's is, a, that's I a, mean, that's, it's kind blunt, of, that, right. that, that you really can't forgive. Yeah. yeah. Um, so just, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, hopefully you'll read it before the event wraps up, Jason. But, um, yeah. I, I definitely, I, I, I co-signed Vincent Senior Travels. I will just say real quick without, I'm not going to go too deep because the, the, we're only at the halfway mark. Since I started with Superman, my new travels will be Superman 78, the Metal Curtain, number three, because as I thought, um, that, uh, that, that, that fighter pilot who rescued Superman in the previous issue, uh, who had a very familiar look, uh, and as we see in this issue, while he's still walking around for some reason with his helmet uh, that says highball on it. It looks as though he was saved by the Hal Jordan in this universe. Um, the uh, the art is still solid. Gavin Gutry is, is doing a fantastic job, not just with, with this version of, of Superman, very reminiscent of Christopher Reeve, but his, uh, his Lois Lane, is 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 pretty good. Uh, Marco Kidder is here in 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 spirit, but I think he does a really good job of uh, of capturing the um, her positive attributes. But the uh, there was also a brief meeting. Superman finally meets Lois's dad because when um, when he's on the uh, the ship. That uh, they're they're reviving him on. Uh, Sam Lane is uh, is present and and wants to know why Superman was where he was and and why did uh, and and Superman tells him it's because I heard the chatter from uh, from your pilot and and Lane's like that's that's top secret that's classified. Just do you have some sort of spy device? And Superman's giving him a quick little breakdown on his powers and then as he. Um, when Superman's like, listen, I got to go, and he takes off because he's got to get back to the fortress because that's where he left Lois. Uh, when that happens, he's uh, and he flies away. Lane says, "I understand what Lois sees in him," and and Jordan is off to the side, and and he says, "Oh, that's pretty obvious, sir." And Lane continues, "But down, but don't think that means you have my blessing." And I both like, sir. And Lane says, I'm not talking to you, Captain. I'm talking to him. And, and you see Superman flying away because obviously he can hear him. But again, and, and it's a great little image of. Um, and, and even when he's as, as when he's as Clark Kent, when because uh, Lois barges into the men's room and and Clark is there at the sink and he turns around and he's like, oh, Lois, it's it's the men's room. And he's got his little finger up like 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 Reeve did in the movies. It's just. I it's oh I it, it this really does a solid job of of making you feel like uh like I, now I just want to go downstairs and watch the movies again but it's it's written by Robert Venditti like I said art by uh, Gavin Gidry and uh, colors 
by Jordy Belair. So in your travels, I know it's not done yet. We're, we're, we're not quite. We're, we're just about halfway through this miniseries. But Superman 78, The Metal Curtain. The Meat Curtain? The Meat Curtain. Nice. Taco Tuesday. Double T. That's when they're getting this episode. Double T. Ooh. Um, yeah, in your travels. Um, <laughs> Uh, you are this a book, foul motherfucker when you want to be. <laughs> this, this book is uh, cresting on into 2024 with uh, an impeccable start. And uh, I suspect it's going to be... This stands a good chance of being one of my favorite books of, of 2024 as it, as it goes along. Um, and this is, of course... Uh, by, written by Mr. Rick Remender, with uh, incredible art by Mr. Max Fiumara. Uh, preach, my dude. Uh, and this is The Sacrificers, number six, which is the latest issue that came out this past week. Well, this week. Yeah, this past week, uh, January 10th. And, um, you know, we talked very much all lovingly about the first two issues and also mentioned having gotten a chance to chat with Max at New York Comic Con and procure some sacrifices art. So all in on the sacrificers, that's not new news. Just wanted to quickly mention though, because six issue came out that um this thing, man, like they plan on it going all on for a while. This thing has got that one it's got the kind of vibe that I love about in my favorite kind of comics, modern comics, is that anything can and will happen. None of the characters, no matter how much we are meant to care for them and be invested in them in the early goings of this epic journey. It's not going to matter. <laughs> it's, we're going to have our hearts ripped out of our chest a lot through this series, I think. And we've already had it happen a few times here. And um, I just, I love it. I, I love that. It's uh, it, it just started. It started in a dark place and, and it's, we're just starting to get a glimpse of who the protagonist will be. But they're certainly flawed, and it's going to be just—it's uh, just—it's just going to be a blast. I—I—I I, I, I have been clamoring for a Remender series that would pull me in in the same way that many of his last run that all concluded recently in the last few years have, and uh, you know, probably most notably Deadly Class, but certainly uh, you know, pretty much that whole run, Black Science and Low and the like. Um, and this is it for me. I think this is this is the next Remender book that I'm going to talk about annoyingly too often for many of our listeners until it concludes hopefully many years down the line. Very well said. Love it. Grazie. Grazie mille. Yep. Um, Well, I don't want to tip my hand, but yes, you are absolutely correct. (laughs) Word it. Word it. Nice. Hey, everybody. Thank you for being here with us one more time around. Remember, we'll be coming to you twice a week Mm -hmm. so hot on the heels of this one will be another one and we hope you join us in the meantime welcome to all the new slackers we had a bunch of new people join the slack this week yes i think we need to do shout outs but um we'll make sure we get that done um next episode right okay because it's important i mean you gotta give you gotta give credit these people are awesome we're just woefully unprepared so there you go. We love you so much. Come back next time. In the meantime, say good night. Do 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 do. Ba ba ba. David. Good night. It was a very lackluster.
accompaniment. I know, but you'll have this. Hey, nice. Tell them you love them. Love you. Love y'all. Can't can't wait to put the tuxes on next episode. It's a big deal. Penguin suit time. Yep. We may go a little long. We may go a little long. But, uh, I was able to work it too. Cool. The gang's going to do the opening, the opening uh, intros. That's it for that one.